0: The following audio is from Missio Day Church in Asheville, North Carolina. We exist for maturing and multiplying disciples in Asheville and beyond for the glory of God. For more resources from Missio Day or to partner with us on mission, visit mdcavl.org. All right, if you have a Bible and I hope you do, would you open it up to the book of Proverbs with me? Proverbs chapter 1. Starting a new series today, Thank you, Timothy. Got a woot-woot for the new series. Yeah. We're, uh, we're in the book of Proverbs, and uh, some of you might be asking, like, why Proverbs? I mean, some people read Proverbs, and they get a lot out of it. Some people read Proverbs, and they don't really get a whole lot out of it at all. You might be asking why. Um, here's, here's essentially why. Have you ever looked back on your life, the decisions you've made, the choices you've made at certain uh, times of your life, and thought, Why did I make that decision? How foolish, how dumb I was. Anybody, by show of hands, ever have that experience? Yeah, there's two kinds of people in the room, those who raise their hands and liars. We've all had the experience, right, of looking back on certain decisions and choices we've made and thought, that was so foolish. That was so foolish, why did I do that? We all wanna be able to do life better than we have up to this point. But we need more than rules, right? Because I think the older you get, the more you realize that there's just a lot of complexity and a lot of gray area to life. And it's not that rules don't apply, but rules aren't ultimately helpful. What's helpful is wisdom. And we've all also known people who keep all the rules, and we don't really like them. They're not really fun to be around, right? And so we need more than rules. We need need the ability to navigate all of these complexities of life, the intricacies of life. And, And so we need wisdom. Not only do we need wisdom, but our city needs wise Christians. Um, I believe it's in Colossians. It says that we're to walk in wisdom before outsiders, okay? People outside these walls need to see the beauty and the wisdom of God demonstrated in our lives. And so we want, as a church family, what only God can do for us, but we also want through us for the beauty and the wisdom of God to be displayed to the world. And that's why the book of Proverbs is in the Bible, so what I want to do this morning, we're going to be looking at several, um, over the course of the summer, several kind of pieces of subject matter, uh, the way we use our time, the way we do relationships, those kind of things, according to the book of Proverbs. But this morning, I just want to set a foundation for us to help us understand what, why Proverbs exists and what, what, it, what we use it for as we go through the rest of the summer. So I'll be in chapter 1. I'm going to read the first seven verses, Um, And I'll just go ahead, and for those of you who are kind of new around here, uh, when I read the passage, when I'm done, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, and then you can say, thanks be to to God. Um, And so let's look at Proverbs chapter 1, the first seven verses here. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Let the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we come to you thankful, uh, thankful for these beautiful families and the opportunity to dedicate this morning 13 children to the Lord, and we pray for these families that you would strengthen them and equip them and empower them uh, as they navigate the complexities of parenting uh, over these many years, Uh, that you would fill them with wisdom and grace, but you would also surround them with this church community and allow us to love these people well um, and and, and to walk together with them as they raise these kids. We thank you for all of the the fathers, all of those who have been a fatherly presence in our lives and have pointed us to you, Lord Jesus, who have demonstrated um, your kindness and your mercy and your grace and your truth and your wisdom. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together today under the authority of your word. And Holy Spirit, I invite you here now. I pray that you would use me as a, an instrument of your grace to communicate the truth of Proverbs chapter 1 to your people, that I would rightly divide this word, that it might be of benefit and of help uh, to these beautiful people, and that we might cling to Jesus more tightly on the way out of these doors than we did on the way in. So we love you. We ask for your blessing over our study together. We pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, so um, the way I want to kind of get at this is I've got um, four points. They're they're really just um, sort of titles for how we get through this. The first is what Proverbs is. So if you're a note taker, you can write this down. What Proverbs is? What what is this book that we're looking at? Well, we see from verse 1 that this book is a book of Proverbs, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. This is part of wisdom literature. There's, of course, in the Old Testament, there's law, there's prophecy, and then there's wisdom. There's there's promises and there's proverbs. So we have to ask the question, what is a proverb? Well, you may know this. A proverb is a short, memorable saying, of, sort of of general truth. Every culture has their own sort of uh, form of Proverbs. We have these in American culture. Uh, I'll, I'll read a few. You, you can fill in the blank for me here, right? These are some of these sort of American Proverbs. All that glitters. Better safe. Better late. The early bird. I don't know what that answer was. No pain. Where there's a will. Life is like a box of chocolates never know what you're going to get. Yeah. I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, and so I always like to quote uh, the unmatchable prophet Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and when to run. that's wisdom right there, isn't it? (laughs) Proverbs are in a way, a little model of reality. So you can sort of pull from the scripture, these sentences, these phrases, these little proverbs, and you can sort of pull the words out and sort of examine them like a little model. It's a little model of reality to show you how life really works before you actually step into it. Okay, and so we, we can take these proverbs, we can learn something from them. Now, they're not just any proverbs. The text tells us they're the proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. This is helpful to us. Now, the book of Proverbs is a little bit disconnected from the rest of the Bible in the sense that, you know, even, even from Genesis, you can easily find your way to Jesus, right? From the Psalms, you can easily find your way to Jesus. From the, uh, the books of prophecy, you can easily find your way to Jesus because they're all sort of tied together narratively. And then Proverbs sort of stands alone by itself. But here's the reality. They are the Proverbs of Solomon, king, uh, son of King David, which is in the lineage that leads us to Jesus, right? And so uh, Jesus, who is the ultimate son of David, who sits on the throne of David forever, it's it's almost like Jesus is giving us his wisdom through the mouth of Solomon here. Now, if you don't know much about Solomon, he was the son of King David. In 1 Kings 3, Solomon becomes king, and Solomon loves the Lord. And the Lord comes to him in a a dream and a vision and says, what shall I give you, Solomon? And Solomon says... I need wisdom because I don't know how to lead these people. I'm a young man and I need wisdom. And God says to him, because you didn't ask me for riches or didn't ask me for power, but you asked for wisdom, I'm not only gonna give you wisdom, but I'm also gonna give you riches and power. And uh, as you read through the book of 1 Kings, you'll see that he becomes known as the wisest man who ever lived. People would come from all across the world to seek the wisdom of Solomon. That's a lineage that leads us right to Jesus. And so biblical Proverbs are... Wisdom from above through Solomon, through others. He he collected this group of Proverbs. They're not theory. They're not opinion. They're not little fortune cookie statements or pithy truisms or tweets. They are time-tested, proven facts about how life really works. And so Proverbs is practical wisdom from God For everyday life. Practical wisdom from God for everyday life. So that's what Proverbs is. Now we want to kind of ask the question: well, what do Proverbs do? So here's what Proverbs does, or the book. Here's what the book of Proverbs does for us. God has a goal for us in the book of Proverbs, and we find it right here in verse 2. Look at it again with me: to know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, to, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth. God's main goal here is our wisdom, that we would know wisdom and instruction. Now, some of you may know that in Hebrew literature, particularly in the Proverbs, there's a, a structure known as parallelism, So one line will make a statement about a thing, and then the second line will deepen or clarify that thing, sometimes by comparison and other times by contrast, coming at it sort of negatively or positively, it reinforces. And that's what you see here. He says, to know wisdom instruction, and then there's to understand words of insight, and he goes on from there. So look at all these descriptors. We have understanding, insight, righteousness, justice, equity, prudence, knowledge. What does all this mean? God's goal for us in the book of Proverbs is to become a certain kind of person, someone of deep character, that we would walk in wisdom. So then we have to ask the question, well, what is wisdom? Wisdom is more than smarts. Wisdom is more than knowledge. Wisdom is more than morality. You can be a very, you can know the Bible backwards and forwards. You can be a very knowledgeable person. You can be a very moral and upright person, and still, according to the Scriptures, be a fool. Because wisdom really has to do with skill or expertise. Um, in the Book of Exodus, I believe it's chapter thirty-five, as they give instructions on the construction of the tabernacle and the temple. The same word that's translated as wisdom is actually translated uh, a little differently, and it has to do with craftsmanship, right? The ability to create this these beautiful works of art, and you know that's not easy. Some of you are wildly talented, and you can write songs, or some of you can paint or draw, um, and then others of you can't even draw a stick figure. <laughs> you know it takes skill, it takes expertise, and so that's what what Proverbs is is getting at: is a wisdom is a is an a competence as to the complexities of the realities of of how life really works and how to make good choices and decisions in it. That's not easy. It's not easy to do. Now, it sounds like we would all want that, right? We all want skill. We all want the ability to make good decisions and to understand the complexities of how life really works. But we all realize that not everyone has that expertise, do they? So why, why don't Why doesn't everyone seek this out? Or why doesn't everyone have this wisdom? Well, I think the answer comes to us in verse 3. See where it says here, to receive instruction in wise dealing. Righteousness, justice, and equity. What does it take to be able to receive something? Huh? Humility. To be able to receive means you have to humble yourself and be willing to receive whatever the other person is giving you. The word instruction here can often be translated in the Old Testament as discipline. So he's saying, we grow in wisdom as we are willing to receive with humility, instruction, discipline, correction from the Lord. Hmm. We don't like that, do we? Maybe that's why not everyone has wisdom or seeks wisdom out. Because wisdom comes through admitting that we are wrong. Wisdom comes through being disciplined, being corrected, being instructed by the Lord, and nobody likes that. It's embarrassing, isn't it, to admit when we're wrong to anyone else, particularly to God. And not only is it embarrassing, we don't have time. We are in too big a hurry to slow down, to humble ourselves, and to be willing to receive correction and instruction from the Lord. So instead of humbling ourselves, instead of slowing down, instead of being willing to receive instruction from the Lord, what do we do? We Google stuff. (laughs) Let me find a quick answer. I'm in a hurry. (laughs) And so we get sound bites and we get YouTube videos and not all that stuff's bad or wrong, but like if that's the pool of wisdom you're seeking out is TikTok and YouTube and Twitter and right you're just Wikipedia for the love. Like, you're just not going to (laughs) get wisdom. So, we are bombarded and overwhelmed with information, but we don't actually experience transformation. I'll give you a funny example. So, um, my wife has decided, and and it's a good thing, our our family is reading through the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. uh, Over dinner, we're opening it up and reading a chapter. If you haven't read the book, it's by a guy named John Mark Comer. And it's all about slowing down and being receptive to what God's up to in the world and uh, how we are, our, our lives are just over-busy and overcrowded with nonsense, right? And um, so it's a great book. We've been reading it together. But um, I found out there, there are book summaries of this book available. <laughs> and not only are there book summaries, there are audiobook summaries of... This book, so if you're too busy to read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, you can get the condensed version in a hurry, in your car, on the way to wherever else you're going. Like how foolish, right? But this is the way our world works. The world all around us says, live and learn. Let's just live and learn, right? You live, you make some mistakes, you learn from it. And God is saying to us, learn and live. Learn and live slow down, humble yourself, open yourself up to me and let me teach you the way the world really works and you will save yourselves massive amounts of trouble. The question is, will we humble ourselves enough to be willing and able to receive from the Lord? When we do, if we do, we gain wisdom, we gain multifaceted wisdom. And just to give you some descriptors, I'll I'll kind of summarize some of these um, words that are mentioned here in verses three and four. One is insight. Insight is the ability to see what other people don't see. You think of like um, Sherlock Holmes, you know? You come into a crime scene, and uh, Sherlock sees 15 things that no one else saw, right? Because he's got insight. He's The non-obvious becomes obvious to you when you gain this kind of wisdom and insight. Secondly, prudence. Now, I had to look this up because we don't use the word prudence very often in our culture today, Right? Um, unless it's maybe in a negative context. So, prudence is, is a good kind of cunning. It's shrewdness. Um, it's savvy, cl- cl- cleverness, right? You're just sh- sharp on certain kinds of things. You have prudence. You're shrewd or savvy or clever. There's knowledge. Knowledge is uh, perception or discernment. Um, knowledge is the ability to understand that there's a connection between actions and consequences. <laughs> How much? I mean, people today really need this one, right? To know that, oh, if I do A, it's going to lead to B. We seem to not have that much in our culture these days. And then discretion. Discretion is good judgment, the ability to see through the lies of the world and not be fooled by it. You might you might think about advertising as a prime example of that, right? When you have discretion, you can see through all the garbage, right? And all, all, all the false promises that are made to you in this world. And who, who doesn't want that kind of stuff, right? Who doesn't want insight and prudence and knowledge and discretion? Well, quite a few people, as it turns out. Um, now, who's, who is Proverbs for? We see what Proverbs is as a book. We see uh, what Proverbs does. But who is it for? Who is it that can benefit most from the book of Proverbs. Look with me at verse 4. He says, to receive, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. And then he says in verse 5, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. And then down in verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we have at least four types of people who are spoken of here in Proverbs chapter 1. We've got, first of all, the simple. Now, when you hear simple, don't think simple in terms of IQ. Uh, This can also be translated as naive. And and I don't know if you know this, but you can be any age and be naive. (laughs) Um, Foolish. Now, he does associate naivete with the youth, with young people. So verse 4, prudence to the simple, knowledge to the youth. It's often the fact that young people are naive because they just don't have a lot of life on them yet, right? Um, the naive or the simple are, um, are people with a lot of potential, right? But, you know, as I heard one person say, um, if you have a lot of potential, that means you don't have a lot of actual. <laughs> it reminds me of, of me in school. You know, I would always get these uh, notes home on my report card that would say things like, um, uh, if Brian would just apply himself, he could make much better grades. And I, w- I thought to myself, if I can make B's by not paying attention, why would I strive to make A's like I'm doing fine? Because, CI was simple. I didn't have, I didn't care enough, right? I didn't, I didn't have the ability to think. Now, when I got to college, that kicked me in the rear, you know, because I didn't know how to study because I never had to before, I just didn't care enough to apply myself. That's the simple. The simple, uh, simple can also be translated as open. Um, not open-minded as much as open, so open you're a mile wide and an inch deep. So open you can't make a commitment to anything because you want to keep your options open. So open that you're open to persuasion and enticement by just about anything. That's, that is the simple. Often associated with the young. Now, he also says in verse 5, but the wise here. So, this tells us that even seasoned, wise veterans of the faith can keep on learning, can keep on growing, can stay open and benefit from wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Um, I don't know, I, I'm experiencing this already at 41, but I, I've noticed that, that with age comes um, a tendency to be a little bit more closed off, uh, a little more stubborn. Don't say a word. Um, <laughs> to assume you've learned all you need to learn and not be willing to grow or be open to new ideas and opportunities. So, so even seasoned believers can, can keep learning through the book of Proverbs. Now, of course, in verse 7, he says, uh, talks about the fool. The fool is not stupid, but is also not paying attention. Um, the fool can be proud can be wise in his or her own eyes. The fool, as it says in verse 7, hates correction, um, is unwilling to admit that they might be wrong about something. And again, I've seen many, many older people who have who became fools because they were just so stubborn and locked in and, and um, did not like to be corrected even though they were wrong. Now you might be someone who says, Well, I trust my gut. You know, I don't. And I would just politely ask you, how's that working out for you? Because researchers have researched this and um, trusting your gut leads to success about as much as it leads to failure. (laughs) It's about 50-50, right? So so maybe you have great intuition and you can trust your gut or maybe you got lucky a couple times. So what does all this tell us? This tells us that Proverbs is for everybody. (laughs) The foolish, the simple, the proud... The young, the old, and the wise, all of us can benefit from the book of Proverbs. So when he says, let the wise hear, he's saying those who desire to be wise need to pay close attention. Doesn't that sound like Jesus when he says, those who have ears, let them hear? And who wouldn't desire to learn and grow in wisdom? Because let's be honest, like um, this is not intended to sort of heap on uh, old baggage on anyone, but let's just think through this for a minute. Who among us has not squandered all kinds of time with meaningless pursuits or procrastination? Who among us has not said stuff to people we love and hurt them deeply and we wish we could take that stuff back? Who among us has not spoken up and said stuff we should have, but we failed to say the right thing? Who among us has not turned a deaf ear to someone telling us what we needed to hear? Who among us has not let people into our lives who are not good for us? Who hasn't made hasty plans without seeking wise counsel? Who hasn't held on to bitterness? or grudges who hasn't repeated the same foolish mistakes and sins over and over and over and over again we're not wise <laughs> we are all fools in desperate need of god's wisdom so how do we how do we get started how do we get started The answer here comes in verse 7, because we don't just need, we don't just need um, principles and practices, okay? We need a person, and Proverbs leads us to him. So how we get started, Proverbs is good news for inept people. Proverbs is about grace for sinners. It's about hope for failures. It's about wisdom for idiots, (laughs) It's about Jesus giving us his wise counsel for our everyday lives. And Proverbs is both a doorway, but also a pathway. So if you see here in the artwork we created, um, it's like a hiking trail, right? So Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord, is the doorway into wisdom, but it's also the pathway of wisdom. And all throughout the rest of the book of Proverbs, you're going to hear this phrase, the fear of the Lord. So we have to ask the question, what is the fear of the Lord? Look at verse seven again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So it's the entryway, the threshold, the, the doorway into knowledge or wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. What is the fear of the Lord? We get at it by noticing the contrast in these verses, in, in the two lines of verse seven, because he says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but then contrasting that, fools despise wisdom. Now, despise is a, an emotional term, isn't it? Like, you don't, um, you don't despise something if you're indifferent to it. You despise it if you're passionate against it, right? Um, it, it, it's it's uh, contempt. So he says fools are contemptuous of wisdom. They, they hate it. They don't want it. They don't seek it. They, they, it, it, it um, they're above it. But those who fear the Lord are on the pathway towards knowledge or wisdom. So we see here that fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. It's not a cringing dread, right, before God. I better do what he says and, you know, cross my I's, uh, my, dot my eyes, and cross my T's and don't step on a crack, you know, or, or break my, and, and like, it, it's this sort of um, superstition, right? We're not afraid of God. Fear of the Lord is humbling ourselves, back to verse 3, humbling ourselves to receive from him. It's admitting we're fools. It's turning from our foolishness, from our unbelief from our stubbornness and being open to the Lord, being open and eager to please the Lord and being willing to listen to him and apply his wisdom into our lives. Believer, why wouldn't we want to do that? (laughs) See, when Jesus came onto the scene, I believe this is Matthew 12, he's speaking to the religious leaders and he's answering all these questions about who he is and they're making accusations against him, and they're saying, well, prove who you are if you, you know, do another sign to show us who you are. And he says to them, one greater than Solomon is here. Now, as I said to you earlier, Solomon became known as the wisest man that the world had ever seen until Jesus. Jesus showed up on the scene, and he said, one greater than Solomon is here. And Jesus demonstrated he was the perfect example of God's wisdom. He was perfect. He had perfect insight. You, you see this in, um, you know, his, the woman at the well. You know, he's able to sort of read her mail and, and sort of see through the the facade that she's putting on. He had perfect prudence, perfect knowledge, perfect discretion. Isaiah the prophet says of Jesus that he delighted in the fear of the Lord. Jesus was shrewd and savvy, but he was also full of grace and full of gentleness. And the book of Colossians uh, says of Jesus. Let me see if I can find this really quickly. It's a beautiful little line. Um, Colossians chapter 2 says of Jesus. Here we go. Let me, let me just read this really quick. He says, um, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge are hidden in the person of of Jesus Christ. And at the cross, what we see is the wisest person that the world has ever known dying in the place of fools like you and me. Jesus took the the judgment that was due to you and to me for all of our foolishness, for all of our pride, for all of our stupid self-assurance. He took all of that on himself and took the judgment and, and drank the cup of God's judgment down to the dregs and turned God's judgment towards sinners into God's favor towards us who would receive with empty hands the finished work of Jesus. When we come to Jesus with empty hands, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling and when we receive the finished work of Jesus in his perfect life, his sacrificial death, and his glorious resurrection from the dead for us, when we receive that, we are given the favor of God. We're given the Spirit of God, which is the source of God's wisdom for us. And with those same empty hands, we cling to Jesus. We trust in Jesus. We stay open to Jesus. And as we do, this is what happens as our lives continue on. Um, Imagine with me a blacksmith shop. God is the blacksmith. We are these sharp, jagged, kind of hunks of metal, right? And he takes us and, and he puts us through some refining fires, okay? Purifies us and softens us, makes us malleable. And then he puts us, our lives on his anvil, and with the gospel, he forms and shapes and molds us into something beautiful and wise. That is God's goal for each one of us, that we would stay on his anvil long enough for him to complete his work in us. And he who began a work will be faithful to complete it at the day of Christ Jesus. So the, the question we have to answer is, will we trust him enough to stay on his anvil until the work is completed? Will we let him do his work in us? Will we stay open and malleable in the hands of our God, uh, knowing that what he's creating in us and through us is something far more beautiful and wise than we could ever imagine? So as we wrap up, I got two questions I wanna throw up on the screen for you, just two. uh, You can write them down or take a picture of the screen as they come up, Um, but the first one is this where do I most need wisdom from above? So look, there there are some of you who are real young and you're starting out your life or your career and and you have no idea what's ahead or how to navigate um, the complexities that will be coming your way in life. And so you you might be crying out to God for wisdom, just how how to live life, you know, as a professional adult. Some of you, maybe are, are dating or are courting and you're considering marriage and what does that mean for us? Some of you just started out, um, you know, you had a baby. Oh my, that changes things, right? So how, how do we do this thing called parenting? Some of you are, are um, empty nesters and it's pretty lonely and you're like, what, what next? What do we do? Some of you are approaching that winter season of life, retirement years and beyond, and you don't want to waste the time that's, that you have left Some of you are in relational conflict and um, either separated or approaching divorce, even no idea what to do. Some of you are estranged from a child. Some of you, I mean, financial difficulties. There's so many scenarios, right? And so where do you most need the wisdom of God in your life? Only you can answer that question. Secondly, what's my posture towards the Lord? I need wisdom from above, but what's my posture? Am I open Am I humble? Am I willing to receive not only instruction, but maybe even discipline, correction? Or in my pride and my self-sufficiency, and my arrogance, am I saying, God, I got this. I, I can do just fine on my own. What is my posture towards the Lord? If I need his wisdom, am I willing to receive it humbly? Will I become wise or will I be the textbook example of the fool? as we'll see through the book of Proverbs. Okay, I'm going to leave these questions up on the screen. You can write them down, take a picture of the screen if you want to. Uh, we're going to move now into a time of response. So the way we do here, do that here at Missio Day uh, is a few things. Number one, communion. So we come to the Lord's table. Uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to the Lordship of Christ, you're welcome to these tables. There's two stations. Two uh, Uh, two tables, I mean, two stations at each table. So you'll see black plates there. Uh, It's all gluten-free wafers at the black plates. There's wine or juice, whatever your conscience allows. And in communion, what we're doing is we're coming forward, acknowledging our foolishness, acknowledging our need for the wisdom from above, um, being grateful that, that God sent Christ in the flesh, the perfect example of wisdom, who not only demonstrated for us what it means to be wise, but also died for us so that we can be welcomed into God's family and be given the Spirit of God to help us be wise. And so we come in thanksgiving, we come in repentance, we come in gratitude, we come filled with hope that God will complete in us what He began. So if you're not a Christian, you can stay in your seats. No one will judge you for that. But if you are a Christian, you're welcome down these two uh, aisles to these stations. Um, as you make your way back to your seats, if you're new here and, and have a Connect card, or if you need prayer and want to write that on a Connect card, those giving boxes are where you can drop those Connect cards. If you're a regular here and you don't give online, you can also, of course, uh, give in those boxes. Uh, and then um, Ben and Katie are going to come back up and lead us in a couple songs. Um, and then I've got a couple quick announcements for you before you go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people and for the opportunity to open your word with them this morning. I pray that something that has been said this morning... Uh, sticks, Uh, that you would help us to see uh, our need for wisdom, the wisdom from above, Um, that you would help us to be open to receive it, and that as we journey through the book of Proverbs over the next few weeks, uh, that you would do far more abundantly than all we can ask or imagine in us to help us become uh, 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 the kind of people who walk in your wisdom. And so help us, Lord, we are open, we're receptive, we need you. Thank you for the opportunity to to open your word up this morning. I pray now as we respond to you in communion, in giving, in faith, and in repentance, and in singing, you would be honored and glorified, and you would help us to find joy in your presence as we worship you. We ask this in the beautiful name of Jesus, and pray by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.